Well, hello, everybody. This is Gary Johnson, your host of Legendary Leadership Lessons. And boy, do I have a treat for you today. I'm really honored to be able to have Dr. Nito Kubane on with us. And before I get into the interview, I need to make sure that the audience knows who, who we're talking to today. Dr. Kubane, as an educator, is president of High Point University. Uh, he has truly transformed that campus that program since he's taken over. I could spend more than 20 minutes talking about how he's transformed it. Just tremendous what he's done there. As a business leader, he's chairman of the Great Harvest Bread Company, over 220 stores, 43 states. He sits on several major boards. Lazy Boy is one that all of us would be familiar with. BB&T would be another. Just tremendous in terms of his leadership skills. As a professional speaker, one of the best I've ever seen in the International Speakers Hall of Fame. And he has so many awards behind his name that I would take up the whole 20 minutes if I tried to try to give them to you all. So it is my distinct honor, Dr. Kubain, to have you on today. Thank you for being here. Thank, Thank you very, very much, Gary. I'm delighted to be with you, and I'm looking forward to this interview. Well, I couldn't think of anyone else to talk to that would have such a powerful voice in, in the topic. And one of the things that, that I wanted to, to bring to the audience is leadership and transformational leadership, how to really come into an organization and really kind of put a stamp on it in terms of increasing its the, the organization's success, however you want to define that. And one of the things I've heard you talk about that great leaders do, and, and, and you specifically said this is that they increase the capacity of those around them. Can you talk to the audience about what that means? Yeah, Gary, look, I mean, what, what good is leadership if we don't make the people around us better every day? And I don't mean just different, I mean better. Transformation is not about doing things differently, it's about doing things better. Creativity is about doing things differently. Innovation is about doing things better. You can't do things better if you don't surround yourself with people who every day commit themselves to become better. Now, now listen, you make a decision with your brain, you make a commitment with your heart. That's why commitments are longer lasting. That's why commitments are harder to break. So every leader, if they're worth their weight, is, is trying very diligently and in a very focused manner. Remember, focus is more important than intelligence. So in a very focused manner, they are diligently and effectively determined to create capacity in those who are on their team. That basically means, how do I every day make those people who report to me, and by extension, those people who report to them, better, better at relational capital, better at fiscal literacy, better at their sense of stewardship, better at their, their techniques for leadership. You can't be an effective leader without being a, a good person. All leadership begins in your heart, in your soul. You can read a hundred leadership books and still not be a very good leader because authenticity, Gary, is above charisma any day of the week. People will follow you when they believe you, when they trust you, when they respect you. And so I think your question is, how do we get there? And here's the answer. You create the culture in an organization that people can subscribe to. How do you do that? Well, first you inform those who work with you about what we're doing and why we're doing it and what is the impact of what we're doing. People want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. If you just tell people, go do these things, 
That's transactional. If you tell people, help me build an organization that can impact the lives of others in a meaningful and sustainable manner, that's called transformational. And so the difference is between doing and being. And so uh, the first thing you do is you inform. The second thing you do is you got to inspire. Every day you must inspire. And the best way you can inspire people is to model behaviors for them. You can't tell someone be positive when you're negative yourself. You can't tell someone be energetic and dynamic when you're sleepy and tired yourself. So first is inform. Second is inspire. Third is very important. You have to make sure that you inspect. So whatever it is that you expect people to do, you have to inspect, not to be the sheriff, not to tell them what they did wrong, but rather to help them become better. That's what creating capacity is all about, showing someone how to do what they're doing better, how to deal with that person in a more effective way, how to solve that problem in a much, much more meaningful and purposeful manner, and so on. So first inform, then inspire, then inspect. Then the next one is increase. So once I inspect what you're doing, I have to increase your capacity. How do I do that? By enabling you to learn. I don't like the term teacher. I like the term enabler of learning. You can teach people, you can instruct people, you can give them directions and dictums, but it doesn't work. What works is when you reach into someone's heart and soul and you enable them to learn what you're talking about and why that is a better way to do it. You'll see people step up and step out to help you make things happen. So you do it through modeling, you do it through enabling them to learn. Uh, you certainly do it through uh, building a culture around them that is that is supportive and endorsing. You do it by creating a, an environment for growth mindset. Uh, you do it by, by having seminars and speakers and sending them articles and having books for them to read. But the focus here is the leader is responsible to increase in those people they lead the capacity to become better, to be more, do more, give more, serve more. Because when you do that, the whole organization benefits measurably. Well, that's really powerful stuff, Dr. Kubain. And it, it makes me think about, you know, the great, great things you've said there about in leadership, when we, when, when we have a lot of people that we're responsible for, having the ability to connect with them is a really important thing. And I've heard you talk about building a bridge of understanding. Can you tell the audience a little bit about that and why that might help me as a leader uh, be, be easier to connect with? Yeah. So um, you know, the bottom line is you can teach people how to communicate effectively, right? You can uh, today at High Point University, I'm president. We, we built an incredible institutions, the premier life skills university. It's a God family country school in High Point, North Carolina. And people can hear a lot of this stuff, by the way, by going to HPU, all caps, H-P-U, and then the, the sign plus, like a mathematical plus. It's an app you can download. It's free. You see all my interviews with some of the greats in this country, Condoleezza Rice, um, Steve Wozniak, founder of Apple Computer, Mark Randall, founder of Netflix, on and on, about leadership, entrepreneurship, and all of that. And, but look, the, the, anybody can learn how to communicate. Today, my lesson with my freshman class, I, I actually uh, lead a session every Thursday for one hour and 30 minutes with 1,600, 17, and 18-year-olds. And today, the lesson is about 
um, how to connect with people, how to communicate. So I can teach you how to communicate by simply teaching you how to speak, listen, observe, and write. I call it slow method. S-L-O-W, speak, listen, observe, and write. However, that does not therefore follow that you know how to connect with people. So there is a principle that I write about in one of my books. It's called the law of identification. And the law of identification goes something like this. When something becomes personal, it then becomes important. When something becomes personal, it then becomes important. So think with me for a moment. You don't get up in the morning thinking about your dentist. But if today you have a, a toothache, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the dentist in your life becomes very important. How quickly can I call their office? How quickly will this person see me? How quickly will he take my pain away? If your car were to break down, you don't typically think about your car breaking down. But if it were to break down, you'd be thinking about your auto mechanic. When something becomes personal, it becomes important. Therefore, Gary, the lesson of all lessons about connecting with people is to understand the other person's fears. Fear is a big, big motivator. Fears, goals, aspirations, and needs, and then speak to those. If I know what you're afraid of, then I can connect with you heart to heart, soul to soul, mind to mind, and something brilliant will come out of that connectivity. But if I don't know who you are and I just come from my perspective, in mathematics, there is a term called vector, V-E-C-T-O-R. Vector means a mathematical direction with force. So most people try to communicate from an auto-vectoral perspective. In other words, let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you how I would solve that. Let me talk to you about my background and my education. Well, the other person doesn't really care too much about that. What they really care about is what you're going to do for me. So when we become allo-vectoral, A-L-L-O vectoral, allo-vectoral, we're focused on the other person, their fears, their needs, their goals, their aspirations. And when you do that, you truly connect with them. So the whole concept about building a bridge of understanding, if you can think of a bridge that that spans over a river, let's say, you're standing on one end of the bridge, the other person is standing figuratively on the other end of the bridge. What most people do is they, they begin to walk from where they are, where you are, the communicator, to where the other person is um, so that you can understand them. And that's the best way to do it. So what you're doing is you're building a bridge of understanding by going to them first and understanding their fears, their goals, their needs, their aspirations. Where we fail is we stay where we are and we expect the other person to come to us. And the way we expect that is by giving them information. Um, now, look, if all, you have, if all you have is information, people will use you and discard you. If all you have is knowledge, people will call upon you only when they need you. But if what you have is wisdom, people will respect you. So in all of our searching, we need to seek wisdom. The Bible says, you know, the most important thing in life is wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. So uh, wisdom simply says, I'm not trying to impress you with what I know. I'm trying to understand you. Because if I understand you, I can then build a bridge of understanding with you. Instead of having conflict and debate and argument like we have in this country now, Gary. You know, people are just arguing with each other. Let's see who wins this. Let's see who wins this argument. How silly. We should never have a win-lose relationship or a lose-win relationship. We should all be seeking win-win relationships. And the way we do that 
is by ensuring we build the bridge of understanding. Look at my word, understanding. Build, build the bridge of understanding with another person. When you do that, you're much more likely to connect with them, not merely communicate with them with words or pictures or essays or lectures. You know, Dr. Kubain, that's such a great point and something that as leaders, I think, is one of those things that maybe we take a little bit for granted. And I, I had an opportunity to watch several times. And for the audience, if you get a chance, go to High Point University's website. Under the Office of the President, you'll see a handful of videos that Dr. Cobain has videotaped, I think in conjunction with PBS there. And John C. Maxwell is one of those interviews, which was just a phenomenal interview. And in that, what they were talking about multiple things, but one of the things they got into is Dr. Cobain was asking him, you know, what is leadership? And Dr. Maxwell said, well, leadership is influence. And, and, and from what you were just describing, Dr. Cobain, it feels like that fits into that description or that definition somehow. Do you have any further thoughts on influence as a leader? Yeah. Well, first of all, let me just say this. I, I'm, I'm in love with John Maxwell. He's one of my dearest friends. We've known each other for 35, 40 years. We've worked on the platform many times. We've shared the platforms many times. And, um, and we both have homes in Florida where I get to see him and, have, and, and dine with him and his lovely bride. And um, I, I, he's, just, he's just a guy who's built from the inside out. And I have great appreciation for his wisdom. And I have an enormous amount of respect for his impact across the world. But look, um, I, I, think, I think that's a terrific way to define it, that leadership is influence. Um, you know, most people want to talk about legacy in life. What a silly thing. I don't want to have a legacy, Gary. I want to have impact. I want, when I'm long gone, uh, I don't want people to say, oh, what a legacy he created. And, you know, people say, look, look at his legacy, High Point University. They've forgotten that for 35 years I traveled the world. And like John, I've led seminars to millions and millions of people, I've written books and CDs and all of the rest. But, but the reality of it is what I want people to say is, look at how he and his team planted seeds of greatness in the minds, hearts, and souls of thousands of students who came to Hypo University, who entered the hallowed hallways to learn, and who exited the hallowed hallways to serve, to make the world a better place. That's impact, my friend. So, you know, John calls it influence. I like it. You, your capacity as a leader must be multiplied, hence influence, through the lives of others. Otherwise, Otherwise, you're just talking to one person at a time. You want to have geometric progression with influence. When a leader influences somebody else by, by, by osmosis, that somebody else then influences another one, and another one, and another one. And you have geometric progression. And before you know it, you've truly impacted the world in a meaningful, purposeful, substantive, and substantial manner. That's what it's all about. What I love about my work, Gary, here at Hyper University is that is that I can impact the lives of these young people, and so do faculty and staff here, in ways that, that, that will be lasting. If you can influence their heart and their mind and their soul and help them define who they are and why God created them in the first place, oh my goodness, what can happen in our world. So I do agree with John that, that leadership is influence. And you listen, you can't influence a person unless you're authentic, unless you connect with them, 
unless you touch some some points in their heart and mind and and soul that 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 are lasting you 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 can't just merely inform them you must inspire them and they must find goodness in what you say and therefore they would want to repeat it apply it employ it for the good Dr. Cobain, let me ask you this. I think it's just great, great information. I'm just really soaking it up and listening w- to do that, you know, to have the, I mean, what a great you know opportunity you have, as you said, to, to help shape all these young people and have them go out. And as you say, at the school, choose to be extraordinary and, and go out and make a difference in the world. I think that's awesome. As a leader, as this audience of leaders is listening to this, what would you say is step one in that process? I mean, how do I create uh, this uh, impact? What's the best? Where do I start? Yeah, well, there the are really four points. The first one is having a clear vision. Some people call it your why. Clear vision to me is better than just why, because you really have to look in the inside of you and say, why am I who I am? Why do I like the things I like? Why do I occupy space on this earth? Why does it matter that I'm the leader of this team? How, you know, that's called clear vision. When you have a clear vision and you can articulate in a dozen words or less, whether you're a person, a team, or an organization, then all of a sudden people can capture what you're saying and they'll be captivated by it. So number one is clear vision. Number two is a solid strategy. Just just a vision alone is not enough. A vision sometimes, some people confuse it with a dream. I like to say there are no such thing as unrealistic dreams. They're only unrealistic timelines. So a dream is a wonderful thing to have, but you really got to capture it and, and, and package it with a vision. A vision that says, this is who we are, this is why we do what we do, and this is what we hope to accomplish. Now, you have to have a solid strategy. Solid strategy says, where are we today? Where do we want to go? How do we get there? So vision strategy. The third one is practical systems. Gary, where most people fail is that they, they expect the ship to come in and they've never, never sailed one out. It doesn't work that way. Success does not come to you. You must go to it. And so what happens is that you have to have practical systems. Pie in the sky doesn't work. Pollyanna thinking is silly. You know, writing a book and expecting to be a bestseller just out of the, you know, off of the press is, is really not the, this is kind of a, you know, fantasy land. You have to be practical and pragmatic. And the best way to be practical and pragmatic is to focus on the other person because that, that sort of humbles your, your, your approach and your thinking and it forces you and, and, and motivates you to realign with that person's needs and goals and aspirations and fears. And then the last one is consistent execution. You have to execute on what you believe. You have to execute on your vision. You have to execute on your strategy. And you cannot give up. Too many people, when they fail, they give up. You have to keep going. Now, you have to align and realign. You don't keep making the same mistake again and again. But you have to deal with it. My mother used to say to me these three things. Who you spend time with is who you become. Hang around really important people. Hang around people who can inspire your heart and see what happens to you. Number two, she'd say, what you choose is what you get. So quit blaming the world, the economy, the president, and your spouse for what you have or what you don't have, who you are or who you're not, and begin to say, it's up 
to me, really, it's God and me working together. I have to make the right choices if I expect to have the right results. After all, your beliefs lead to your behaviors. Your behaviors lead to your results. And, and so uh, it, it, is, it is important to know that. And then my mother would say, how you change, not when you change, not if you change, not where you change, but how you change. That's her way of saying you must be adaptable. You must be flexible. You must, you must see the other person's point of view. When you do all these things, just somehow life rewards you in, in, in amazing ways. So how do you start? You start with a vision. You know, why are you doing what you're doing? And, and when that happens and you have a clarity of vision and, and then you have a commitment to go with it, you give it your all, man. You give it your all. And when you give it your all, sooner or later, you'll see the fruit and the harvest of, of what you have been doing. Well, those are, those are great words of wisdom, Dr. Cobain, and a great way to end our segment today. First of all, thank you. I just want to make sure the audience understands who, who Nito is. I mean, for him to take the time to allow me to gather you know, his insights and opinions is truly meaningful to me. I really, really appreciate that. I'm sure the audience is going to love this podcast. So I want to thank you for taking the time, Dr. Cobain. Thank you, Mr. Gary Johnson. God bless you. And thank you for all the good things you do with Vistage because you're making great things happen. Thank you so much.